0: What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out.
1: So join us as we explore the heartland's best and most honest voices. Venture to all four corners of York County because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation. This is 17 County. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review our podcast, 17 County Podcast. Uh, Doing so helps uh, grow our podcast. It helps get us through that algorithm that exists out there. Um, And so we appreciate any help uh, from our listeners. Um, We would also like to take the time to thank our members. Um, Without these members, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here at YCDC. So I'd like to thank Cornerstone Bank, uh, Central Valley Ag, Mead Lumber, York General, York Community Title, Chances are, Inheritage Realtors, uh, just a few sponsors to help us uh, do what we do down here at YCBC. And we'd like to thank you for your support. And members can be seen on our member directory page at yorkdevco.com. That's Y-O-R-K-D-E-V-C-O.com. So we'll jump into the interview. Our guest today doesn't quite call York home, but does see the value of this community in a place like York. He is currently the plant manager for Plygem. Uh, It's a cornerstone building brands company. And for our longtime listeners, uh, Plygem was formerly Croy uh, Plastics and everything like that. Um, But prior to uh, moving to Lincoln, uh, Cameron and his uh, fiance were located in Carmel. And so we would love to welcome them to Nebraska and to York. And so welcome to the show, Cameron. Thank you very much. Very happy to be here and be a part of it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. So we're going to kind of jump in. Um, We're going to do a top three, bottom three, and um, I'll go first uh, as far as a top three. Um, So my top three, so the topic this time, we chose to do fast food chain restaurants. um, With York having a plentiful of those out by the interstate, I thought it'd be a fun little kind of um, topic for us to kind of jump into here. So my top three are actually going to be Outback Steakhouse. Um, I'm a big fan of all that bread they bring out the bloomin' onion is something that you can't uh, ever pass up if you have a chance or something like that and so <laughs> enjoy stuff like that uh, KFC is always just consistent I love fried chicken um, and then my final one is probably going to have to be um, raising canes um, being kind of a uh, kind of a staple here when I was growing up or when I was in Lincoln, uh, it was something that I got pretty consistently. And now whenever I have a chance to venture either to Lincoln or Grand Island or somewhere bigger, um, that's raising canes is, is, is always it. So wh-
0: what's your top three, Cameron? Well, well, I've got to experience since moving here, I've got to experience raising canes. And to be honest, that would be one of mine as well. I wish they had those all across, uh, the Midwest. and we don't, we don't have those in Indiana. So, um, I was glad to experience that. Their, their chicken is incredible. I'm a very big Jimmy John's guy, uh, home of the Italian nightclub, which is, uh, my favorite sandwich there. Um, and they are, there as well, very consistent, um, and, you know, freaky fast. Right. So <laughs> I enjoy yeah. that. Um, and then, probably I've, I've always been a big fan of Wendy's. Um, sometimes I like the, uh, the big, it's got like bacon. Yeah. Baconator. Thank you. Baconator. Love the Baconator. I I like my meat and Baconator is, uh, makes the taste buds go crazy. So no, yeah, that's a good one. And, um, what would be your bottom three then? So I'm not very big on Applebee's. Same with Long John Silvers, not been a very big fan just and then i'm not I've never been really a big fan of Burger King um I'd have to say probably those three at the bottom, yeah, I'm gonna agree with you on long John
1: silvers um just never been a fan. I don't understand how they survived the pandemic, but <laughs> I, don't I guess I guess some people do eat there, I guess some people. <laughs> I guess. Um, Chipotle is the other one of mine. I'm not a huge like Mexican food eater. And all I hear is this Chipotle Qdoba stuff. And I just, uh, I'll pass. I'll just move on to something, something else there. Uh, But I understand the hype. I I believe it's pretty good food, but it's just not for me. And then Golden Corral. Um, I had a bad experience growing up where I thought I was getting chicken nuggets and I ended up getting like fish nuggets or something like that. Just totally ruined my uh, experience with that. So those would be my uh, uh, bottom three. All right. So let's talk a little bit about you, uh, Cameron. So tell me a little bit about what it was like growing up in Kokomo, Indiana. So tell me about your family um, and everything like that.
0: Yeah. So I um, grew up, well, I was born and raised um, out on the, in the country. Um, I have two brothers one brother's four years older than me, Nick. And then I've got an Irish twin brother, Taylor, who's not even a year younger than me. Um, and then I have a half sister who's 14 years older than me, but, but never lived at, uh, at our house with us, but we grew up out in the country. Um, and Kokomo's a a pretty, it's fairly small town. It was about 65,000 people. Um, Not as, not necessarily as small as York, but it is, it's got the whole small town vibe. Everybody kind of knows everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a very big city. Uh, Well, the the state of Indiana is very big in basketball, um, but Kokomo in particular was very big um, and very competitive in basketball. So, um, you know, we grew up playing, my brothers and I all pretty much grew up playing the same sports, basketball and soccer for most of our, uh, most of our, uh, I guess, childhood and, and through high school. Um, and then my brother and I actually little brother switched to football two years into, into high school. So, uh, we're very big sports family. Uh, did a lot of AAU, spent a lot of our, our time, a traveling for sports, AAU, AAU and whatnot. So my, uh, so my parents, uh, my dad actually worked at the American water company, um, so while he had the three of us um, and working there, he went to school, back to school, got his master's degree um, from Indiana Wesleyan. And he worked at uh did some supervision at Delco uh electronics and then went to uh Chrysler um and worked there as a supervisor for and actually retired from there for about 14 years. Wow. Um Yeah, and then my mom, actually my mom and my dad, and then my mom's parents opened a business um, at the time called Here We Grow Again, which was like a children's uh, clothing resale shop. Um, They ended up opening three of those uh, in Muncie, Indiana, um, Kokomo, Indiana, and then had just opened one in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, Isn't it... Go ahead. Is Ball
1: State in Muncie, Indiana?
0: Yes, it is. That's what I thought, yeah. That's, that's pretty much what Muncie's known for is Ball State. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then uh, we, uh, my brother and I, little brother, uh, we graduated from high school in Northwestern. Um, my my parents did end up uh, splitting up in, let's see, we were, I was in sixth grade, so we had lived in Fort Wayne for a couple of years and then we moved back to Kokomo to finish school there. Um, but my little brother and I had won our, our school's first state championship. Uh, it was in basketball. So that was my senior year, 2007. Um, so that was a, a, an awesome accomplishment. Um, and it was, a, it was actually a very exciting game that went to double overtime there was a record eighty-seven fouls in the game, so we had seven or I think we had seven or eight people foul out, and the other team did as well. Um, so it was it was pretty crazy. The UI uh, uh, was down to their final five or six, pretty much. Yeah, so I was actually <laughs> the first one on our team with uh, four fouls and ended up not fouling out. Um, Impressive. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Get that far and not have yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had four fouls going to the fourth quarter, and and was able to make it through two overtime. So,
1: in your mind, kind of sports, kind of help you prepare for your next kind of steps, or you know, what were you kind of learning, you know, through sport um, to kind of prepare? Oh uh, yeah.
0: Um, you know, we 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 obviously got to learn uh, teamwork. Um, teamwork is is everything, especially in the out there in the real world and working for companies and, and how important teamwork is and building uh, team camaraderie, um, you know, having a, a culture where everyone's helping everyone to achieve the, the common goal. Um, communication is a very vital aspect in that. Um, and I I think anyone would agree that that communication is vital to any relationship that you have with a person, um, or company, or team, or or really anything uh, throughout your life. Communication's important, and ensuring that um, that you do it efficiently. Um, and, and you know, I I was thinking about this the other day: is how much uh, you know with the change of technology and how we text and call and send messages through um, Instagram or or other social medias and how much it takes away or has taken away from uh, people's ability to communicate face-to-face. And obviously, you know, in the workplace, we've got to do a lot of communication face-to-face. And it it just seems from my perspective that uh, we're not as good at it as we once were if that makes sense. We're not Um,
1: practicing it as much as we used to.
0: No, no, it's too easy. You know, we, it's easy to to go with, or we tend to choose the easy way out, which is, uh, you know, I'll just text somebody. I don't want to have to deal deal with confrontation or deal with somebody's emotions or deal with those types of things. So people will, you know, typically take the easy way out and text uh, instead of going to have a conversation and then, you know, things get taken out of context and sometimes make situations a lot worse than they could have been just having a conversation face to face. So, I mean, exactly. um, I mean, conversation,
1: I mean, how much of communication, I mean, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it's less than 20% of communication is like the words themselves. I mean, it's yeah. the body language, it's, you know, how people react, it's everything like that. And so, yeah, when you are just doing it by text, you're eliminating almost 80% of what communication is. And so, yeah, it, it really can make things hard. But yeah. I,
0: I see that totally Cameron. Uh, another really big aspect to learn that through sports was leadership. So, yeah, you know, I had the, um, the luxury of being our team captain for football and basketball. Um, and, you know, I, I took pride in, in, and how well our team did, I took pride in ensuring that, um, you know, everybody was doing their part, um, to be successful. Um, and I, you know, I wasn't the leading scorer on our basketball team. I wasn't the, the, the star per se, um, by the stat line, but, um, you know, I I understood my role and, and I had to do a lot of the dirty work to make sure, um, we had the opportunity to be successful and, and, you know, it was kind of the the middleman, ensuring the communication between everybody was um, was done in a uplifting manner. Um, it's very easy to get emotional during sports and say things you don't mean, or um, you know, get in confrontations with other teammates. So, um, you know, I, I took a lot of pride in, in ensuring that we stuck together as a unit. And a cool fact, actually, about our team: um, we had actually five relationship. So what I mean by that is like me and my brother played on the team. We had uh, two more sets of brothers and then a set of cousins um, that were all on the same team. So it was a very family oriented team um, just in that respect. Um, And then we'd also, we'd spent a lot of time together just in that area playing sports together. So um, it was really a a family team um, relationship that we'd built um, that I think was very, very key to our success. Um, and something that, you know, as I move on to the, you know, moving out here to to Nebraska that I want to build with, with people. And, and especially in the, this York, in the York facility uh, plant, there's a lot of people that know each other. There's a lot of people that are in some ways related to each other. And, and so that kind of whole aspect, um, I try to, in essence, preach and uh, communicate with people that, you know, most of us know each other or or most of you know each other and and we've got to work together as a team. Um, and, and we're set up to be very successful because we do know a lot about each other and, and have that kind of relationship that can help get us to the next level. And we've seen a lot of, uh, uh, the productivity from from when I first got got there in December to now has been absolutely incredible. We're hitting record record numbers across the board both weekly or daily, weekly and monthly. So um, very very proud of the team there um, and hopefully we can continue uh, continue the good work we're doing. Yeah, I
1: just want to kind of quick comment. I mean, you were talking about you know the relationships on your your basketball team, and I like how you tied that in with Jim, But one of the things I probably that came to mind was, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, I'd imagine your team had a lot of trust with each other. I mean, you guys, um, you know, grew up each other. You could trust that you know you could count on each other. That accountability. Um, even if you accidentally maybe slip up and say something in the heat of the moment, you have that trust to come back to that. Okay. This person is wanting the best out of me. And that's why he said what he said. He wasn't trying to be, you know, uh, derogatory or negative. Um, he just trusted that he saw more in me. And so it was, that something that you know maybe your team had, and that's kind of something that you're trying to build at ply is that trust
0: and accountability. 100% um, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. And, and, Accountability, especially these days, um, it just seems like we we've con- we've lost a lot of accountability, and, and individuals taking accountability for themselves. Uh, but on that team, I, I think that was a huge, to your point, a huge uh, reason for our success is that everyone could could be or everyone was held accountable to a doing their their role on the team, but also that we had each other's back no matter what. At the end of the day. And, you know, the, the feuds and whatnot, were we're dusting the wind by the end of the day or, or the end of the practice. Um, and we understood that at the end of the day, we've got a, we've got a goal to accomplish and, um, we've got each other's back in doing that. So, um, yeah, I think accountability is, (laughs) is huge, especially these days. So yeah, good point. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, kind of, kind of switch gears here a little
1: bit, um, was basketball kind of a contributing factor to your college
0: decision, or how did that kind of work out? Where you ended up landing where you did? No, so I I honestly had a couple um, like half ride scholarships for football um, after. Or playing two years, I actually picked football up very quick, um, and was was pretty good at football. Um, I had I had set the record for uh, tackles my senior year in the, in the County. So, um, I, I, thoroughly enjoyed playing football. Um, but I actually stayed home my first year to <clears throat> get the prerequisites completed. Um, so IUK is where I first started, um, which is just a branch. It's a branch of IU in Kokomo. Yeah. It'd be um, like
1: university of Nebraska Kearney university. Of Nebraska. Yep.
0: yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, so I stayed home the first year just to get my prerequisites kind of the grades set, um, you know, the, making sure my GPA was good and, and things like that before I went to IU Bloomington, um, which I did the following year. Um, plus the, the prices, <laughs> the cost of school. So I, I paying for my own school and the cost of school is significantly different. Um, staying ho- at that time, staying home, than going to IU, um, but I did end up going to IU the next year, a fraternity, um, with a couple of friends that I had met, uh, when i had moved to Fort Wayne for those two years. Did um, you, and, did you always but, know
1: you were going to go to Indiana then? Like, did
0: you, uh, yes. I mean, it was just yeah. a
1: matter of time type thing.
0: Yes. Because my, and my, we grew up IU fans. Uh, my dad's a huge Bob Knight fan. Um, I mean, we watched basketball day in and day out when we were younger, um, and we were all, my dad's all about Bob Knight and IU. So that was kind of blood in our family and um, just pretty much knew that's where I wanted to go. Um, I knew I wanted to be, at first, I didn't know necessarily what I wanted to do. Um, I, I had first actually started with uh, psychology, wanted to do a psychology major, um, loved to learn how the brain or what, how, how and why people think what they do um, and kind of understand understand just people in general. And then, uh, when I went to IU, I'd switched to education because I wanted to, uh, teach. And then I also wanted to be a coach. Um, those were kind of my big, uh, I guess my big priorities at that time. And then, um, so after my first year at IU, I used to do air conditioning work, um, in the summer and I actually had an accident. I had fell, Um, I I was putting air conditioners on top of a a roof downtown Indianapolis and I had fell 33 feet through a skylight, um, landing on concrete. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I had a a lot of injuries obviously from that. Um, so I actually, my dad was retired at the time and I was able to come back to Kokomo and live with him, uh, because he had to take me to all my doctor appointments, which I had three, roughly three to four doctor appointments a week um man yeah so
1: that was, was after a very, th- that
0: was your sophomore year that would have been yes yeah, so that was after sophomore year oh man I, I've got a lot of metal in my body right now <laughs> Keeping things I guess together. what were the
1: initial injury was lot, I'm imagining a lot of back and like
0: um, um so or so I have uh I had cracked my skull all, my my skull cracked all the way around um I broke both my cheekbones. I had shattered my five front teeth on the, on the top of my, uh, top of my jaw. Um, I broke my right wrist. I ended up losing one kidney and my spleen. Um, yeah, which had actually exploded inside of me. So, um, how I had landed was on my left shoulder first and then my head hit after. So my left shoulder took most of the impact or the initial impact. And then my head and, and uh, knee after that. So, uh, yeah, guess how long I was in the hospital. We had a guess a couple of weeks, but I feel like it was like two days. <laughs> eight eight days. I walked, I walked out eight days.
1: <laughs> wow. I, well, I'm, I'm just happy you're here. I mean, that sounds like a fall that could have been a whole lot worse.
0: Oh, yes. Very, very blessed. Very, very, very blessed. Um, you know, not only am I still here, but I'm not paralyzed. Um, and, and really the, the residual effects from that, um, I have somewhat of a short-term memory issue here and there. Um, but aside from that and, and, you know, sometimes I feel the, uh, cold weather coming in, um, with the metal in my body, but aside from that, I, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty strong, healthy individual and, and blessed to be here. So, yeah, yeah, Definitely. So uh, what would the junior year look like then after that? I mean, did you have to take a lot of so, start Did you delay your start? So I, uh, I, had, I had tried to immediately rush back into school. So I had, this was about a month, a month and a week. Uh, this had happened before school started. Um, so I transferred back home and started school and I actually failed out um, uh, my, that next semester, um, I probably should not have gone back to school that quick. Um, obviously with all the doctor appointments and just what was going on, um, it was probably not a, a smart decision on my, my part to do that. Um, so I actually failed out, um, and then I wrote a letter to the chancellor, um, about why uh, she needed to let me back in, or if she'd let me back in, and why I wanted to continue on a school. And um, I met with them, had a meeting, um, and and they did accept me. And then uh, three years later, after that, I graduated with a, a 3.3 GPA uh, in communications. So um, I was blessed again to have that opportunity, um, and, and that taught me a whole lot too. You know, um, being relentless and and, you know, of course you have the goals of when you go into school to uh, graduate, uh, move on to your job, but, but obviously that, that kind of smacked me in the face a little bit and I didn't know what was going to happen or, um, you know, I, I did, I did kind of take the challenge head on um, and I started taking 18 credit hours uh, the following semester that I'd I had felt well, actually I had to sit a semester out and then I, I jumped back in. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So, so three years later after that, I was able to graduate and um, it was a, a very big accomplishment. I'm very, 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 very happy to have done it. Probably the biggest accomplishment of my life. So. Talk about a lot of adversity
1: in, you know, one of those rough stages in your life. I mean, not only you know the fall, and then you, you know, trying to come back and, and you know, maybe not being the most wise or not, I don't want to say wise, but not the best decision for long term, you know, trying to rush back to school. And then, yeah, it ended up, you know, failing, you know, I, <laughs> I failed a class one time and I about lost my whole scholarship. So I totally understand, you know, that whole kind of uh, thing and everything like that. But yeah, to come back, you know, finish with a 3-3, especially after failing. I mean, that's a lot to you know to bring back and everything like that and so i imagine i mean you had a great support system not only with your family but you talked about your fraternity so let's talk a little bit about that and how they kind of maybe you know helped you out and were a support system for you
0: well and and they were they were for a little bit but the problem was i had to i came back home and actually finished i finished school at iuk so it still it still says iu on it um But I was and it was probably not the best for me to go back to the fraternity um, with what had happened um, failing out that that semester. You know, I I obviously knew what my priorities were. And as much as I wanted to go be a part of that, I I know what I wanted to accomplish and and kind of where I needed to be and what I needed to do to accomplish that. So, um, yeah, my family was a very, very big uh, very big help in that my my stepmom actually uh god bless her she's uh she's a trooper she's never had kids of uh, her own um and she did a a fantastic job of of really kind of taking all of us under her wing, um playing the the motherly figure, but also um really holding us accountable to to school and and she was a big reason along with my dad um you, you know, holding me accountable to making sure I'm doing what I'm doing, keeping my head on straight and, and focusing on the, on the goal at hand, which was to, to graduate uh, college. So I didn't get to spend as much time with the fraternity. I still do uh, talk to a couple, couple of the brothers from there. Um, and I enjoyed the experience that, that year that I had with them. Um, networking um, is the I think the big thing that comes from the fraternity and building those r- long, long time relationships with, uh, with folks um, that you're there with. But uh, I was, I, again, I think I made the right decision in, in staying home and, and finishing school and keeping my, you know, my head in the game and, and graduating. So. No, definitely. So yeah. Uh, you know, graduating.
1: And so what was that, you know, from your first job, Um, you know, after graduation,
0: um, so I, I, my internship was the, was the last thing I had to finish. So I did an internship with FCA, which is, uh, at the time was Fiat Chrysler Automobiles. Um, I think they've now changed their name to Stellantis. Um, but I had started there or started in, it was a brand new plant in Tipton, Indiana. So it was about a 30 minute drive for me. Um, I'd started in maintenance. Um, I was a maintenance supervisor uh, for the first three and a half months. um, And I kind of made myself, or I kind of let them know, you know, I'm looking for a, you know, a job here, not just, not just a um, internship. Um, And they did give me that opportunity. So um, after the three and a half months in maintenance, they had moved me to a production supervisor, there uh, where I was. uh, So we ran the nine speed transmissions um, and I was on the main line. So all the assembly was done on the main line. Um, I I would say, you know, a lot of the pressure was on the main line and and ensuring that it, that we made the uh, we made the transmissions. And um, that's where the quote unquote money was made. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, again, I got put into a spot where I I would definitely say I'm one that thrives under pressure. Um, And I, I, again, it came back to bringing the, the experience I had in basketball, um, the, the, the issue where I went through my accident and and having to really um, come through that adversity. So, you know, dealing with the different issues um, on the lines uh, when a line goes down because of this and um, that, but is not stressing, but you know, bringing our heads together, figure out what the problem is, get the problem fixed as soon as possible and keep the line moving. So, um, you know, being on the main line, all eyes were on you in an essence. Um, and we, you know, I worked with a, a union, um, (laughs) it was a union environment and, um, those could be pretty tough. Um, I probably would not work in that environment again. Um, but it did help build a lot of uh, it, it taught me how to build relationships with people um, and and really build again another that whole team camaraderie um, as we were pretty successful in, in what we were doing. So um, I, I liked the opportunity there and, and enjoyed it, uh, but I probably would not do that one again. <laughs> Yeah, that you know, it sounds like yeah, quite the process
1: of you know trying to yeah learn to work with different people, different styles. Yeah, definitely, it sounds like it. It was a great um, learning moment to get you to where you are today um, and everything like that. You know, definitely not one of the things you want to do forever, but it's one of those things that will help you prepare to be you know better um, at another job and everything like that.
0: Definitely. So you did the FCA thing that looks like for just over five years, just under six years. Uh, yeah. Just under six years. So they had promoted me. So I was on the main line for four and a half years for uh, a little bit over four years. Um, Cause, and again, I was, I was pretty good at building that at running the main line by that time. And I was one of the only supervisors they had not moved to a different um, department to, to gain knowledge and learn. Um but uh, after that, they did move me to a business unit leader. Um, so that's kind of a, that's a promotion um, in which I had, so I had to move to the off shift um, and had uh, what five or t- actually 10 different departments, um, which was about 100, 120 people. Wow. Um, yeah. And then I also helped out with the main lines because of my knowledge there. So I I worked on the sub, I did all the sub lines so that all the parts that they made fed into the main line. Um, and I was able to, with my knowledge on the main line, I was able to, to really bring the sub sub lines in with the, the main lines to be really efficient together. Um, and I did that for a, a little bit under a year and then, I had a couple of the guys I worked with there. They had went to another company called Wabash National, um, which they finally had a operations manager job open there, um, and, and so I applied for that and, and was able to get that. And and then what that about, was a La- lot. Go ahead.
1: What about this Wabash job was uh, I guess attractive to you? What you know? What you know? Pull, what, what was the decision to pull you away from and towards you know Wabash?
0: Well, a couple things. So, one was uh, the they offered me a lot more money. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the first one. <laughs> Second was it was not a not a union environment. Mm-hmm. Um, third one was there was a there was I will say less uh, micromanagement from the top down, um, which I appreciated. So, you know, I I feel like I really got to make more of my own decisions um, and really use my experience, my previous experience uh to make the right decisions out there. Um I was again blessed with some very good supervisors. Um they had uh I, I think probably five of or I'd say six of the 12 supervisors have worked there for 20 plus years. Um so they had grown I mean they've lived their whole life there and, and were very familiar with the product, um, how to build trailers. Uh that's what we did was we built trailers there. Um but you know, very familiar with all the parts, the processes, et cetera, um, and it was really, it was it was very easy to build a team, uh, a, a really strong team there, especially on the off shift. The guys already kind of had a nice, uh, um, I guess, already kind of had teamwork established there on that the off shift. Um, so it was a, a very um, quick I think it was very quick for me to get in there and uh to, to make some changes you know everybody's scared of change at first um but I think we were able to uh, do really well and we set actually we set a couple of records uh monthly records there um especially towards the end of my uh my uh stint there so um I would say those those couple of things is
1: well yeah that's great to get that kind of freedom I mean that's uh you know, nice to not have, you know, Bill looking over your shoulder, checking and making sure you're doing it the way Bill wants it done and, and everything like that. And so, yep, yep, yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of nice. And so it looks like you were at Wabash for just about a year before you decided to make another change. So what led to that second, that change and coming to Cornerstone building
0: brands? So um, I actually met my boss uh, golfing. Um, one of my good friends, Uh, so one of my good friends was getting married and the woman he was marrying was, I graduated with her from high school um, and we were pretty close. She was a a big basketball player as well. Um, So we were, we were pretty close. Well, her uh, bridesmaid was her cousin and her cousin, her husband is my boss. (laughs) So we met the day before the wedding uh, we did, uh, we went with the groom and, uh, we did a, a little golf tournament. Um, and I was paired up with, uh, the groom and, and my boss, Eric, um, and we had a fantastic round. And, and during that time, we actually won the, won our little tournament, but, um, <laughs> nice. yeah, that was, that may have been the selling point, but we, that kind just, of helps with the deal. Yeah. Know? Right. <laughs> um he did he did bring up that he had a a position that was open um in york nebraska and um i think through the through the round after we were done talking about my experience and whatnot he he thought that i would uh, be a good candidate for it so um, he kind of he kind of pitched it to me and then came back about a month later and and asked asked again how serious if i if i was serious about doing it and after talking with uh, my fiance, you know, I was definitely up for it. So uh, he did give me the the job offer. I went through six different uh, interviews, um, and and was able to get the job offer and and accepted it, and then moved out here in in December.
1: Right on. So before we get to you moving out here and everything like that, tell me a little bit about. Who is Plygem? What is Plygem? How does it relate to Cornerstone Building Brands? As I mentioned at the beginning, um, a lot of our York native listeners that'll be listening to this, they remember it as Croy. So tell me a little bit about you know who is Plygem and, and you know what what's going on out there.
0: Yeah, so um, most people again know it as Croy, and it's funny because when I go to uh, to golf league, I, and people are like, "So where do you work?" I I start with Cornerstone. Well, it's, it was a, it's actually plygem And then they're still like, uh, okay, I somewhat know which time. And then I say, it's Croy building brand. Oh, yeah, right there across from the other Croy. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, yep. yes, most people know it as Croy. Um, but uh, so it, uh, it had gone from Croy to Veriform uh, was the company, and then Veriform to plygem And then plygem and NCI uh, merged to create Cornerstone. Um, so that's how that came about. Um, and then we do, we obviously, so ply gym or cornerstone, I'm going to use cornerstone. Cornerstone is, um, we do residential and commercial exterior building products. So all of your siding, your shutters, your windows, um, and then my plant in particular does the fence and rail. So all your privacy fencing, um, we've got, oh man, I think we went through it and we've got, I believe there's about a thousand different uh, profiles with the different lengths and colors um, of whatever kind of fence that you want. Um, both, again, they're both residential and commercial. So um, that's what we offer. We're we're uh, one of the biggest companies, if not the biggest, um, and it's a fantastic company to work for. Awesome. So what was the thoughts
1: of moving to Nebraska um originally? And uh, I guess we'll kind of go from there.
0: Well, uh personally, I was I was pretty excited about it. Um obviously this was another another promotion into a plant manager role. I, I felt uh personally that I was ready for for this kind of a role um after after my previous experiences. Um and, you know, I was open, I had already been open to moving wherever uh, my career would take me. Um, so it was a pretty easy, um, pretty easy deal for me. Um, but my fiance was a little, a little skeptical at first, you know, having to leave all of our friends and where we grew up and, and everything to, to come somewhere brand new um, and obviously I was going to be busy with work and that was going to leave her a lot of time, um, by herself. Um, and it was a little bit of a struggle at first, but, uh, she's done a fantastic job with, um, reaching out to folks throughout, um, Lincoln. Um, we've got a couple, we've got about three or four different, uh, groups of, of, uh, married couples that we hang out with and. Um, we've even been able to bring some of those people together for the first time. So, um, it's been a, it's turned out to be a really fantastic, uh, move. Um, I think she's really happy about it. Um, she's also been able to start her own business. Um, so she offers, um, it's an MCF, um, and that's, uh, Marie Collins family. So they do, um, they offer, um, Like if somebody's a family needs a nanny or a babysitter or somebody to watch the house or a dog sitter or Mm -hmm. uh, something like that, they offer that um, they offer that to those families. So her and her business partner, one will reach out to the families to to kind of find out what their needs are. And then my fiance, Katie, she does all of the recruiting um, and they their whole point is to match, you know, make sure that the match is good. Um, between the family and the, uh, the nanny or, or whoever it is that they hire. Because um, again, that, that type of thing comes down to trust and um, they want to make sure they build that relationship. So she's taken off with that, done very, very well with that so far. Um, and the good thing is, is she's able to do that anywhere that I move within my, uh, within my career. So um, it's turned out to be a really great move for the both of us. Um, and we've thoroughly enjoyed moving here to Nebraska. The people are fantastic, um, very welcoming. Um, you feel like you're part of the family right off the bat. So for us, it's definitely been a, a great move, and and we're very happy about it.
1: As you mentioned, you live in Lincoln currently, and let me talk to our current listeners that are listening to this. It is okay that someone works in York and doesn't live here. So uh, <laughs> we, we ultimately want them to do both, but coming here to work is great because they're coming to help our community. They're trying to improve everything. So listeners don't freak out. It's great that we have someone that's coming um, that sees the value in working in a community like ours, um, even if um, it doesn't fit their personal lifestyle. And so it takes a whole bunch of people to make a community. So we definitely appreciate um, someone that wants to work in a a town like York and and work with people that um, are in a small community. So, don't jump on him too much for that. And so I just want to learn a little bit more about what was, what went into your decision to not live here. Um, as we know, it's it's perfectly fine. People have their own lives and everything, but what kind of went into that decision?
0: Well, I, I think it came down to, um, really the activities to do outside, especially for her. Um, I was, you know, I'm busy with work typically Monday through Friday. Um, I'm not home very much, but to, to eat dinner and and sleep and get up and do the same thing again. So, um, it was more for her and what availability she had to, uh, she's very, she loves to be outside. Um, and this kind of gave her the opportunity to be adventurous. Um, and she didn't necessarily see as much adventure in, in York as per se in Lincoln, um, as far as things to go do, et cetera. I think she wanted to be able to to find and reach um, reach people um, and felt like it would obviously be easier to reach more people here in Lincoln than it would would have been in York so um, i I personally would have been okay either way because um, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed York um, I joined the the country club there um, and I guess that was the that was a huge benefit for me because the the membership was. <laughs> Half the price, so that was fantastic. But I've met a lot of great people, um, you know, just golfing with them, um, and, and at the country club, that are just stand-up great people. So, um, you know, I, I definitely would have been okay either way. And and uh, it, it was more on her behalf that we we had moved to Lincoln.
1: No, and that's, I mean, that's perfectly great. I mean, that makes so much sense. I mean, I totally understand it. I mean. York has a walking trail, but it's a walking trail. Lincoln has like 40. So it's kind of kind of obvious there. We have a dog park. Lincoln has like 12 to, or more. Yeah. So, I mean, and I know you are, I mean, she's got a dog. You all have a dog. So, I mean, that's yep. an important part of your life. So totally understand. Um, but that doesn't mean we're not going to keep you know, selling York and trying to, you know, uh, try to convince that that significant other that, you know, York does um, have what she wants. Um, But, you know, I totally understand at this point. So kind of what has uh, kind of been some other maybe, you know, what's your commute like, you know, what's life in Lincoln like, you know, do you want to share about any of those things? Or is there any other positives, negatives um, that you kind of maybe want to touch on?
0: yeah so uh the commute's not too bad so the last job i had at wabash it was roughly the same commute um through the winter months i was taking highway 80 um and to be honest with you i don't know which one would have been better between highway 80 or 34 uh with how many semis i see stuck in the in the uh in the middle there between the uh both both roads so it was a, obviously it was a pretty. I felt like it was a harsh winter, um, for the most part, especially compared to what we've had in the last couple of months. I know in Indiana it wasn't that bad, um, but this one seemed to hit pretty hard um, in the latter for the last couple of years, anyway. Um, and it, you know, my commute's not not too bad at all. I'm a I'm a very avid podcast listener, um, so I, I enjoy listening to podcasts, um, and so that. 50 minute to an hour drive gives me that time to do that. Um, it really gives me time to, you know, once I leave work also to kind of let, uh, kind of get through the emotions or the, the stresses or whatever that I went through there so I can come home and, and actually enjoy the time uh, with, with Katie and, um, you know, enjoy dinner with her. So that, that's another thing is that this has allowed us to, to actually spend time, more time together, because uh, my previous job, I was on a night shift, so um, as I was going to work, she's going to bed, and vice versa. So um, mm-hmm. that whole change has been really, really beneficial for us. What side and, of the you know, are you? The northwest, uh, the Fallbrook area. Oh,
1: yeah, you're yeah. Thirty four makes way more sense for you. By the time yes. you drive to the interstate, it's fifteen minutes.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're almost a sewer um, at that point. <laughs> right, one hundred percent. So. Um, but I, you know, I didn't know in the winter time, how I was a little bit worried. You're a little bit, I guess I was a little bit more weary of the, the two lanes as opposed to the four lanes, um, during the the winter. So, um, it just felt, I guess, more safe to take those or to take that route. But I thoroughly enjoy the 34 route now and, um, and driving through Seward and what, and Lincoln's been great. So, um, I've often heard people say, man, yeah, the traffic out here could be bad and, I I'm shocked to hear that because I haven't seen any traffic except for the, uh, the red and white game. Um, yep. I said, okay, now this is traffic. I can understand this, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it's been really a nice experience getting it, getting into eat anywhere you want to uh, oh, without yeah. having to wait. Um, and really, I mean, just fantastic food here. Absolutely. Love fantastic food. I love Lincoln.
1: It, yes. It's still there, I, I, it was a great, it was a great town. I mean, it, it, it's a great homey feel because it's made up of so many people from small towns. And so yes, it, it's just got that nice, everybody's still friendly. Uh, everybody, you know, depending on where you're at. And I mean, most people know each other. So yeah, it's, it's still got that family feel friendly community.
0: Definitely. And, and a lot of people have, have, uh, I, everyone's just so nice. It's been fantastic. I don't think we've had anybody that was, you know, unbelievably. Even the, you know, typically people say, "Well, the college kids, you know, they could be." No, they've been great too. Like everybody's great here. So I've, uh, again, we've thoroughly enjoyed our, our time here in, in uh, Lincoln and in New York. I've definitely enjoyed it in New York as I've gotten to experience more of York, um, and have enjoyed that, uh, especially, you know, being able to play golf with a lot of people and meet them um it's been a a great experience awesome so we'll we'll jump into our little rapid fire here questions and kind of round out our interview
1: and we'll we'll let each other get back to our days but um so first question most positive part of the pandemic um, i won't make you answer first Uh, for me the most positive part of the pandemic um, has been it's just the ingenuity of people, like the creativity that I've seen from people, you know, just starting their own home businesses or, um, you know, figuring out a way to um, make work from home work. Um, it, it, that's been very awesome. The human spirit is so ingenuitive that you know it, it's great to see that you know we we had had that even though it was a very tough time. Um, I, I think a lot of good things came from.
0: Yeah, I would I would totally agree with that. And and that's kind of what mine was, um, is, is, you know, we got hit with something that most of us have never been a part of or have experienced, um, you know, and it was a big change. Right. And and it's caused a lot of people to think on their feet um, and to your point, be uh, very uh, inventive or innovative uh, on how um, on how to handle their businesses on on how to, you know, live life for a period of time. So um, I think as a whole, from what I've seen that, that most people were able to do that. Um, and it was really cool to see. And, and it helps you learn and understand, you know, as a, as a leader of a, a plant, in my case, um, what kind of changes we had to make and, and how to keep people together and, and, you know, push that whole, we've got each other's back kind of thing, even through the toughest times. So um, Mm -hmm. it was really, really good to see. Uh,
1: What's your favorite way to spend your day off Cameron? If you have 24 hours to spend it, however you would like, you know, what, what are you doing for that day? I'm
0: probably going to play 36 holes of golf. (laughs) Um, I would almost guarantee it. (laughs) Uh, I've played quite a few courses around here um quarry oaks has definitely got my uh definitely my attention the most um iron horse is pretty tough yeah um, but i've really enjoyed the scenic views of quarry oaks um and, and that's probably my favorite course but you know i've done the woodland hills and i've done a couple of the city courses uh um, ventured out to firethorn no i have not had the luxury well because i'm trying to isn't it private so i need somebody to Somebody to invite me. <laughs> I guess, yeah, Firethorn was, I guess
1: my buddy was a golf pro that was working out there, so I got to go all the time. So <laughs> I didn't
0: realize it was private. Well, then maybe uh, maybe you're the guy. <laughs> <laughs> i have to get you to Firethorn, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I'd love to play.
1: <laughs> awesome, awesome. And then uh, what's a favorite restaurant you have here in York County? If uh, you've gotten a chance to kind of... Um, you know, venture around to the restaurants. Have you got a favorite?
0: By far, chances are, and I've really been, I love their their salad bar. Maybe one of the best salad bars I've ever had anywhere. um They offer everything. There's nothing not on their salad bar. And I, and, and I also I'm going to tell you, I'm a I'm a big meat guy. I love their prime rib, but that salad bar is incredible. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they do a fantastic job. It is world famous. Uh, chances are, salad bar. I mean, yeah, pretty- yeah. What's a favorite meal that you have? Whether that's something that's you know home cooked by you, or if you're going out to eat, or you know, what's something that's kind of a favorite meal of yours that you know, if it's if it's being
0: cooked, you're you're
1: dropping everything you can do.
0: Uh, I, my favorite steaks. Uh, um, I would have to say it would probably be the ribeye, medium rare, Pittsburgh style. And then I, I really like asparagus. What's and, Pittsburgh style? Uh, so Pittsburgh style is like, it's really crispy on the outside. So it's like it's um, very crispy on the outside. And then you got the, you got to have it for me. I got to have it pretty pink on the inside, get all that flavor. Um, but my older brother cooks it. To perfection almost every time. So I would definitely say that with uh, some asparagus and a, and a side salad or something. Um, but a ribeye is my, it's my birthday meal.
1: <laughs> right on. Yeah, that's a good, good meal. Uh, if you could spend uh, 10 days in any part of the world, um, where would you be spending those 10 days?
0: Uh, so I have had the luxury to travel to Italy. Um, I spent actually 10 days in Italy. Um, and then I've also been able to travel to Amsterdam, Brussels, uh, Germany, um, and thoroughly enjoyed all of those places. Um, Italy was, was incredible. Um, but I would, I would really like to do, uh, Africa. I would love to be in a safari, um, and kind of, you know, even be able to live, live with some of the tribes there just to, just to see what that culture and life is all about. Um, and I think that would bring some more humbleness to, to myself and, and the world and, and luxuries that I have um, at, uh, at the stage of the game for me. But I think that would probably be something I'd, I'd absolutely love to go do for 10 days. Yeah,
1: being out on the African safari would be yeah, that'd be a great kind of 10, yeah. 10 days. You know, I've always wanted to see, they always, they have the big five, which is like the water buffalo and rhino and whatever else, but I would love to go see, yeah, those animals like up close, you know, in their actual environment.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, Omaha Zoo,
1: the Omaha Zoo is great. I don't know if you've had a chance to do that yet. That should be on your list. Yes,
0: way. we have. We, we made that a, a pretty early, once winter kind of dissipated, we made a trip there definitely. And, we walked the whole. I think we walked six miles through the day, and it was fantastic. I don't think we, I don't think we missed anything. Um, there was, I think they were, they were, they didn't have. I can't remember. I think the gorillas were not there. Oh yeah. Um, looked like they were making adjustments to to some of their habitat that they had, but we got to see um, all kinds of the other, all the other animals and and the exhibits that they offered. It was fantastic zoo
1: yeah that is without a doubt I mean Orlando Omaha is you know is or not or, yeah San Diego and uh Omaha is tough as it's to believe to try and pitch to people on the coast that one of the best zoos in the world is located in the center of America but it, it really is yeah <laughs> um and then have you gotten to kind of experience any local like events around here or anything like that did you get to go to um I guess we haven't had much kind of going on since you've gotten here
0: no I did hear I heard uh, um a lot of folks talking about the so York does the event where people get to drive their cars the old cars around Um, yeah
1: we we had like a little like old-timey like car show slash like just cruise night
0: yes i think that's what it was cruise night um yeah and that sounded pretty awesome it sounded like that was a a really cool event in the community really enjoyed that um so kind of hearing about that was was really nice to hear um and and i I, you know i've been a part of something like that um when i lived back in indiana but um i haven't experienced that any of those myself but uh, i've heard a lot of great things about it well, we
1: got York Fest coming up. So you're going to have to check out York Fest. You're going to have to check out the York County Fair. Um, there's some other. Yes, like, Flint, definitely there. the
0: York County Fair will be a go-to.
1: Yeah, that's, and that's a, a must, must go event, you know, for anyone uh, in the community. So definitely would have, love to have you at that. Perfect. So uh, last three things here, kind of, um, you know, what this segment here is called what's making us happy. It's just kind of a fun segment to kind of round out the whole interview just to kind of spread some positivity there's a lot of negativity in the world so um just kind of a fun segment to talk about you know what's making us happy and so uh for me um i just got back from so uh, prior to this year i had never been to vegas and within the last month i've been to vegas twice so um that's been a oh lot boy. Of fun. i've had uh, you know a lot a lot of fun with that um so Um, It was good to go out there. The first time I went out for Nationals Bowling, so I didn't really get to see much. I had an itinerary that I had to keep to and a schedule. Um, But the second time, I just got to go out and just walk around and see Fremont Street and see the whole strip, see other hotels and casinos. And yeah, it was it was a good time. Uh, I I had a a lot of fun. I don't think I was in bed before three. Each of those.
0: (laughs) I would imagine (laughs) the city that never sleeps exactly exactly
1: <laughs> how about you what, what's something positive something good going on here in your life
0: um well right now again i've i've thoroughly enjoyed being able to uh to join the, the York country club and and doing the men's league there um been playing on tuesdays um with uh i don't know if you know john thomas oh yes um, I know john thomas yeah so thoroughly enjoy him he's a, a great guy um, and, and he's been part of, uh, part of the road to me meeting a lot of people. Um, but I've really enjoyed having kind of the ability to, to really, to play golf like that on a steady, uh, with a steady group of people. Um, and yeah, I, I, would have to say that I, I've gotten to experience a lot of different golf courses and I love being outside, especially when it's golfing and, and you guys have, uh, I'd say Nebraska's had a lot to offer um, for the the scenic and, and great courses to play. So um, I've thoroughly enjoyed that. And I'll actually be going to Vegas in uh, August for uh, one of my good friends' bachelor party. So, um, yeah, I'll get to experience that nightlife, I'm sure. <laughs> it,
1: it's, it's, it's back. Vegas, at, when the first time I was there, we still had masks and everything. No, nope, Vegas is back. It's 100% good to go so that was that was a lot of fun yeah um so yeah thank you for your time today uh cameron um you know i'll leave you with the ability to close out the show with some fun i like to do um the guest gets the final words they can you know if you have a favorite quote that you want to share if you got words of wisdom or if there's you know anything you want to you know, promote You, know, it's uh, kind of a little your little 30 second you know uh promotion so whatever you want to do
0: all right. Yeah. Um, you know, again, through my experiences and, and really, um, uh, facing, I guess, death in the face, facing death in its face, I definitely say live life to the fullest. Um, if there's things that you want to do in, in this world and, and, and things you want to go enjoy to make sure that you set the time to go, uh, to go do those things, um, is you only get to live life one time. Um, so, so do what you want. Cause you, you never know when, uh, when that time is is going to come. Um, and I was talking with a gentleman and he had said to me, you know, I, I wish that when I was 18, I did the things that I wanted to go do at age 18. And when I was 21, I wish I would have did the things I wanted to go do at 21. Cause you're that age, you're only that age one time. And I didn't get to do those things. And that was a regret of his. And, and, uh, I, you know, that I totally respected that. Um, so, so yeah, I definitely recommend go live go live your life and and really enjoy the things that you you really want to enjoy in life and that make you happy. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time today, Cameron. Yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This is 17 County brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, Be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen.